ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion. Hey everybody, it's Carrie Champion and welcome to a very special edition of Be Honest. Why is this a very special edition of Be Honest? Well, let me explain. For the very first time, we have toyed with the idea of making Be Honest a television show. Let's just claim it, a television show. And while in New York, we were able to present this podcast to a live studio audience, and it was something special. So I am going to bring that directly to you for those who were not able to attend. Our first guest, Amy Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y. And I say that so you know this girl is pretty darn special. Amy Purdy is a para-Olympian. She is a double amputee who gets more accomplished in one day than you and I ever will. She looks at life as what can I do, not what I can't do. And she said she just lives inspired, inspired by others who were trying to make a difference. Uh, when we first had the opportunity to chat with her about this podcast and what we wanted to gain from her, she simply said, I want to tell people my story. And it's pretty inspiring, but it's also a story that I hope will motivate others. So this special presentation of Be Honest is brought to you by Toyota. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paralympian Amy Purdy. This is the amazing and fabulous Amy Purdy. Uh, we've been talking backstage a lot about what this conversation would be about, and we just knew right away that it was just going to be a conversation where we wanted to share. Um, many people don't know your story, so let's talk about it. At 19 years old, um, something happened to you, and your life took a, a detour, if you will. Um, walk us through that journey. Yeah, so I was 19. I was healthy, um, just like any other 19 years old, year old. I uh, was a snowboarder, but I just did it for fun, but I loved it. I was so passionate about it, and my idea was I was going to be a massage therapist. I would travel the world, so I'd have a way to pay for the snowboard addiction that I had, and I'd live in all these different ski resorts, and then suddenly, one day, my life changed forever when I contracted something called meningococcal meningitis, and we have no idea how I got it. Uh, one in four people are carriers of it. It's basically a bacteria, a very rare and deadly bacteria that I somehow contracted. You know, maybe somebody sneezed on me and, and that's how I got it. But due to this little microscopic bacteria, over the course of two and a half months, I ended up losing my, uh, my kidney function. I lost the hearing in my left ear. I lost my spleen. And then I ended up losing both of my legs below the knees um, to the septic shock that my body went into. So you can imagine that my life changed like that just overnight. So one day you're 19 and you're a massage therapist. Uh, the next the next now, you're a, a WMPT and you're trying to live your life and, 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 and be focused. But you had something happen to you, I believe, um, a month before this all took place before you contracted uh, the bacterial disease. Tell me what happened. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really interesting because I always felt like, and I don't know if it was because I wanted to do more in my life, but I always felt like something was going to happen that was going to set me apart. I didn't know if it was good. I didn't know if it was bad, but I kind of had this growing kind of anxiety, not fear, but something was going to happen. And randomly, I um, I ended up massaging this guy, which I had left work and uh, I, I was in my car and all of a sudden I got a phone call from, 
from my work saying, oh my gosh, we somehow forgot about somebody. There's a guy who's been sitting here who wasn't on the list to be massaged, but can you come back and massage him? So I ran back into work and ended up having to massage him actually in this little closet because we didn't even have a room set up for him. And as I was massaging him, it's like as soon as I put my hands on him, we we just had this connection. And he started talking to me, and he told me how when he was young, he fell down this water well, and he died. But he came back. He was able to survive it. Um, but there was he flatlined for a bit, and and he he called it crossing over. He said that he had crossed over. But what that meant for him was that he came back and lived life a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I feel like this is going to happen to you. And he said, and when it does, don't be scared uh, because you'll you'll go on to do amazing things. And um, it really hit me. I, I mean, I was bawling my eyes out while I was massaging him because I kept thinking, gosh, I feel like something was going to happen in my life. And then all of a sudden this guy's talking about this. So it really, it could have been a weird conversation, but it was, it really hit me. And, um, and so I ended up going home that night, sitting in my car and thinking about this and then journaling about it. Mm. And then within a couple weeks, I was in the hospital <clears throat> fighting for my life and I was given less than a 2% chance of living. And the doctor said that I was in cardiac arrest. I heard them call my parents and say, uh, we don't know if she'll make it another hour or two. And I remember thinking, this isn't going to happen because this is exactly what this guy said would happen mm. and, and to not be scared. Um, so I knew from that point forward that I was going to, I, I, that everything was going to be okay. And um, not that it wasn't challenging, but I, I don't know if, if, you know, if this guy was a messenger and he could kind of predict the future or if just the fact that he believed in me and said that you're going to do amazing things, if I, if I carried that with me and that kind of set the path from that point forward. So from that point forward, and we'll hang on that, uh, the doctors obviously tell you you're going to lose both of your legs. How do you determine I'm still going to be a snowboarder. I'm still going to pursue my passion. Because I didn't feel like I had changed. Obviously, my body changed, but I didn't feel, I felt like I was the same person. I, I was the same person yesterday that I am today, except now I'm sitting here and I don't have my feet. But um, I still wanted to snowboard. I still wanted to travel. The, I still wanted to do the same things that I wanted to do yesterday. And I just had to get more creative. I just had to figure out how to do them. And if anything, it it gave me even more passion and excitement to figure it out. Like in my mind, I thought, I know I can do this. I just have to figure out how to do it. And and really that passion, I think, is what pulled me through some of my toughest days because I didn't really even think about learning to walk again. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I need to learn to walk so I can learn to snowboard. Mm -hmm. um, not, oh, if I could only hope to walk again. I thought, okay, let's knock that out so I can get on my snowboard again. Take us to being a Paralympian. <laughs> How'd you get there? You're like, so I'm going to I'm gonna walk so I can snowboard. Yeah. And then I'm going to be a Paralympian. And then I'm going to be great. So get us to that point. I So I didn't know um, that I would ever you know, be in the Olympics or the Paralympic Games. In fact, snowboarding wasn't even in the Olympic Games uh, when, I, when I lost my legs. And so um, it's not something I necessarily aspired to. But once I realized that snowboarding wasn't in the Paralympic Games, I thought, why not? Once I figured out a way to do it, basically, I, I ended up putting these feet together mm -hmm. that I could snowboard in because there weren't any feet that were on the market. You created them yourself. I did. Now, I can't say they're anything um, spectacular. They were <laughs> they were rubber and wood yeah. and neon pink duct tape. And yeah. I took these ankles from another company and turned them backwards and basically 
got these feet to kind of bend the way that I needed them to, mm-hmm. because there weren't any feet on the market for snowboarding. Um, I didn't even know anyone else who had a prosthetic leg who snowboarded at that time. Yeah. So I kind of had to make these feet myself, and I ended up snowboarding in them. And then, um, then once I figured out, okay, this is possible, you can snowboard with two prosthetic legs, I started a nonprofit organization called Adaptive Action Sports with my husband, mm-hmm. and we wanted to help other people do the same. And then through the organization, we pushed um, to help to get snowboarding into the 2014 Paralympic Games. Yeah. And so once kind of the race to get snowboarding into the Games was over, I then began the race to make the first U.S. Paralympic snowboard team. And uh, that's kind of how it, it was just an evolution um, she's so. talking about it like she's making coffee, guys. <laughs> guys, she's all like, so then I just, I, once I created these feet, I then, I, then I decided to get, um, in the, the Paralympics into the 2014 Sochi Olympics, and then I created the team. So, yeah. <laughs> what have you guys done today? What have you, no, seriously. Can, I mean, can she deserve a round of applause? Uh, Are you kidding me? <laughs> What I think about when I think about Amy, um, and uh, I've been a fan for a long time, and I've followed some of your interviews, obviously, um, you don't like to say that you are an inspiration. Clearly you are. Um, I always think, what do you do in a 24-hour day? I, I, I don't feel as if I'm doing anything, but you told me that you feel as if you're inspired, if not motivated, by others. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I do hear quite a bit um, that I'm inspiring. In fact, when I was on Dancing with the Stars, I mean, thousands of messages. You're so inspiring. You're inspired. So that word's thrown around quite a bit, and um, and it can be it, it can be a good thing. But I, I feel like inspiration inspiration requires action to really be anything. You can say to somebody, "Oh, you inspire me," and that's one thing. But you know, I question, well, what do I inspire you to do? Um, because to me, inspiration is an action. And so also, for me, you know, I, I don't wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm going to inspire the world today. That's what my plan is. Um, I think I want to be inspired. What inspires me? And what inspires me are through the organization, I get to surround myself with amazing other athletes, some of them wounded veterans who recently lost a limb. Yeah. And uh, and they want to snowboard again, and that inspires me to be a better person and to want to give them more resources. And uh, so, yeah, so I think inspiration is contagious. I think when, when you see somebody who's inspired, who's mm-hmm. doing what they love, it inspires you to do the same. And so I kind of came up with this motto, which is live inspired, um, that I always use on my on my Instagram account. And it's not about don't try to be inspiring to someone. Like surround yourself with inspiring things so that you can be inspired. And then in return, those around you can be inspired as well. Live inspired. Live inspired. Live inspired. Okay. Um, I think every time I see you, you're smiling and very happy. When do you, if at all, ever get down and feel as if you're exhausted? I mean, you know, it, it goes up and down. And I, I try to be as real as possible, I'll tell you what, on my social media. Because there are good days and there are bad days. And I think a lot of times on social you only see the smiles and you only see the good days, right? And so I think it's really important because most people relate to the bad days more than the good days. We all have struggles of some sort. And so just to know that, you know, we're all going through the same thing, even if it's different circumstances, I think is really important. And I mean, I, I, gosh, I've got plenty of times. I mean, this, I had a really, really rough year actually, um, leading up to the Paralympic Games. I ended up injuring both of my arms and, 
not as simple as a broken arm, which would have been much easier than what I went through, but I ended up getting something called rhabdomyolysis, which is the breakdown of your muscle cells. Mm. And it happened from training too hard. Mm. Um, I ended up in the hospital for two weeks and didn't know if I'd have the full use of my arms again and ended up going through eight months of recovery last year. Um, but And so I had some very down days, absolutely. It's not like I could think just positive the whole time. But I did have to focus on the challenges I've overcome and and think, well, I've done this before. I've been here before. I've faced the unknown before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fear of the unknown is the scariest thing of all. Like, that's, that's where anxiety comes from. When you can just be in the moment and be in the now, there's no anxiety. There's no fear. And so... Um, that's what I try to do. Whatever I'm being faced with, I certainly go through the ups and downs that anybody else would go through. But I also know that I've got kind of the experience of going through some pretty tough things and making it out okay. And so I try to focus on that as well. You you said that um, when you did Dancing with the Stars, that was probably one of the most difficult things for you to do. Yeah. So, so Walk us through that, because it seems like it'd be a lot of fun. You're, you're coming back, you know, from the Sochi Olympics. You've got yeah. a medal, and they want you on. Um, and I always, I, I make the joke that that I don't have any rhythm, right? <laughs> so you, you're telling me, they said, all you have to do is feel it, right? Yeah. But the challenge of just dancing alone, let, yeah. it, it's difficult. So here right. you come, and you're doing it on yeah. another level. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I almost didn't do it, because I thought, Oh my gosh, what if I make a fool of myself? I mean, I don't even know if my legs will move the way I need them to. Everybody was pointing their toes and dancing so gracefully when I, you know, looked up YouTube videos and I thought there's no way. Like, how am I going to be able to do that? But I decided to go for it. I'm always up for a challenge. And actually, I found out that I was going to be on the show two weeks before going to Sochi. Okay. And I actually practiced with my partner while I was in Sochi. And the other dancers had about three to four weeks to prepare for their first dance. And I only had two four-hour days. There's some video um, there, yeah. So we'd yeah. practice, actually, in Sochi. We'd pra- I'd snowboard for four hours in the morning and then dance with Derek for four hours at night. Wait, hold on. You, okay, give it to me again. <laughs> you, you practice? I was, I'm yeah. practice so, for four hours in the morning. Yeah, well, I practiced snowboarding. So because yeah. we were in Sochi, um, basically, I you know, I didn't get practice time because I was over at the Paralympic Games. So... Um, I'd snowboard in Russia for four hours in the morning, and then I'd take two gondolas down and two taxi cabs to another town over. I'd meet Derek and dance with him for four hours each night. And then, but we only had two nights of that before I did my competition, won the medal, jumped on an airplane, flew to LA, and then suddenly we were alive within, (laughs) like, (laughs) the next day. (laughs) So, But you know what, I'll tell you that the most challenging things that I've ever gone through have always been the most rewarding. Like, just everything that's been so hard that I think, oh my gosh, like there's so much pressure, the world is watching. What if I mess up? What am I going to do? How do I get my legs to do what I need them to do? Every time I've been completely like broken down and challenged has always turned into the most amazing experience of my life. What's so I your, think it goes hand in hand. What's your why? Like you've accomplished so much. So so why do you do it? We know how you do it because it's from here, right? It's, yeah. it's your heart. It's got to roll. But what's your why? Well, to tell you, and I always say, actually, if you know your why, the how will figure itself out. Mm. And 
I mean, I want to live the best life I can. I, I think after I lost my legs, I realized we only have one life to live. It can be over like that. I'm not going to limit myself. If I have an opportunity, I'm kind of like a yes man or a yes woman. If I have an opportunity to do something different and cool and get to know something more about myself, then, then I'm going to go for it. And, you know, you can win or fail, but either way, you'll have a good story to tell after that. I mean... I think I just, I thrive on living life to its fullest, mm -hmm. and I want to be able to do that. And and I think most of the time we limit ourselves. We say, I can't do that. I've got two prosthetic legs, or I can't do that because I'm too old, or I can't do that because I'm not in shape enough, instead of just saying, yes, I'm in, I'm going, let's do this. It's always a challenge, what you can do. So so if you had to, and you talk about your husband, how long have you been married? Yeah, so we've been married for two years. Okay. We were together for 14 years before we got married. 14 actually. years. Right? Yeah. It does happen, ladies. Yes, <laughs> eventually. Eventually. eventually happens. <sighs> I tell myself that. Yeah. Okay, so... so <laughs> Tell me about the adaptive sports uh, program that you all put together. So my husband and I, we started adaptive action sports uh, primarily because when I lost my legs, there weren't any resources for somebody like me, somebody who had two prosthetic legs, um, who wanted to snowboard and skateboard and do action sports. There were a lot of adaptive ski schools. There was a lot of organizations that helped if you wanted to swim and you had prosthetic legs, but nothing for action sports. So kind of once we realized that I could do these sports again, we wanted to help others do the same. Sure. And so we started the organization, and we've got two different sides. We have a recreational side where... We'll teach kids who have disabilities how to skateboard or snowboard um, or anybody, really, who wants to come out and learn to mountain bike. Um, and then we have a, a more elite snowboard team, mm -hmm. and these are for athletes who want to make the Paralympic Games. And this year, we actually, well, we did this over the last few years, but we trained six of the athletes who actually made the U.S. snowboard team this year. Okay. And so they lived, they lived with us in our in basement. A few of them lived in a few of the wounded vets lived in our basement for a little bit and um, and then moved to the area and trained full-time and made the U.S. snowboard team. Best-selling author, best you're an Olympian, you're, you, have a, you have a medal, and you're also housing people, <laughs> and, and you're just on your, your spare time, right? right. Um, it's interesting because I was talking to some folks from Toyota, and I know that you're a team Toyota athlete, um, and, and they're so supportive of, especially a female athlete. Mm -hmm. tell, me, tell me about what that organization means to you and how they've been able to help you. Toyota's amazing. I mean, so I, and here's kind of a, a story. I drove a Toyota. The first truck I ever bought was a Toyota. Okay. That was when I was in high school. And I had to sell it after I lost my legs because it was a stick shift. And so I didn't know if I'd be able to drive stick again, um, which I can, but I didn't realize it at that time. <laughs> and so my dad sold it actually when I was in the hospital and I was so sad. It was a Toyota pickup truck. And uh, and then years later, I, I did the speaking engagement. Um, I did a TED talk. And one of the, one of the marketing directors for Toyota happened to be in the audience and he introduced himself to me and um, he gave me his card and said if you ever need anything let me know mm -hmm. and I saw You're that like it a pickup said, truck well exactly <laughs> that's what I said I saw that the card said Toyota and I was yeah. like well uh, yeah exactly. I was like I need a new car and literally a week later I had a new Toyota really? and then a week after that our organization had a Toyota so that we could transport athletes wow. and so 
they're such an incredible company that you know that believed in my dreams before really anyone else really did. I didn't have the platform of the games. I didn't have anything I could actually give back to Toyota. Mm-hmm. They just supported um, my goals and my dreams, and 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 I'm so grateful that I ended up with platforms because now I can share our partnership better. Um, but I just think they're an incredible, innovative company, and you know they're so focused on mobility. They're focused on giving people freedom. So. They have no obstacles to achieve the things that they want to achieve. Um, I think our missions just are in line with each other, and and to work with such a forward-thinking, innovative company has been a blessing. Yeah, and you represent them well. You know that, by the way. Thank you. Um, so before I let you go, you mentioned your TED Talk. I know that you are now, you travel around the world as a motivational speaker. Why not? Um <laughs> If you had, and I I don't want to say one piece of advice, but what is the message that you try to make sure, uh, so the folks in the audience right now and at home watching, um, what is the one thing that you would want them to know? And You said live inspired, but when you're trying to get a message across, when you are speaking in front of people, what what would that be? Gosh, I think, you know, all I can do is speak of experience and... I know that no matter what circumstances we're facing, that if you're passionate enough and you're willing to work hard and you make the choice to persevere, yeah. whatever comes your way, that the possibilities are endless. And I would say anything's possible if you're willing to work hard enough, pick yourself up when you fall down, and if you believe enough and you're passionate enough. If you make the choice to persevere. Absolutely. Because it is a choice, and if you just if you decide that from the beginning, um, this year having these arm injuries, my choice, I'm sticking this out. Whatever happens, I'm yeah. sticking this out. And you know, if we could go into like starting a company and think that, like I'm choosing to persevere through everything that happens, no matter how hard it gets. Um, you know, you learn, you grow, you find out so much about yourself, and I think often we give up too quickly, mm-hmm. and and we're capable of so much more than we'll ever even know. You've been working with Oprah, uh, and I told you I was listening to your Super Soul uh, Sunday conversation, the podcast. Tell me about, uh, you guys are in a project together. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, we, well, actually, so Oprah and I did a speaking tour called the Life You Want Tour, and we toured across the country. We went went to eight different stops, huge stadiums of people, and I was actually there on behalf of Toyota, which is amazing. And that's another serendipitous kind of thing. There's so many amazing things that have happened in my life that I think nothing is coincidental. There's just no way. Oprah was always somebody who I looked up to. I think so many people do. But in my darkest days, I watched Oprah on TV every day at 4 o'clock when I didn't have legs yet. And um, and just watching what you know what her guests would go through gave me hope. And then I was on Dancing with the Stars. They they asked me if there was anybody I wanted to dedicate this dance to, and I said Oprah. And they said they came back and they said, okay, is there anybody less Oprah that we can dedicate this dance to? Because we're not getting her on the show. Oh, because and, they wanted her to come on. Yeah, I think they they oh. were like, this is mentor not mentor week, but like icon week. And they're like, so who's your icon and who would you dedicate this dance to? And I was like, Oprah. I mean, I look up to a lot of yeah. athletes or celebrities, but yeah. or or you know, actresses or whatever. But I'm like, but if you really want to know who inspires me, it's Oprah. And they were like, okay, is there anybody a little less Oprah? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, like your aunt. and so a day later, I was like, no, it's just Oprah. <laughs> well, she, 
she ended up being a fan of the show and actually uh-huh. voting for Derek and I. And then she called me when I was on the show. And randomly, um, Toyota was already in works with supporting her tour. Uh-huh. So as soon as Toyota realized that I had connected with Oprah, it was kind of a perfect combination to bring me on the tour with Oprah. And so it just happened that way. And it just so happened, too, that my uh, my book was coming out just after the tour. And so I was able to literally knock on her door, give her my book. Same with Deepak Chopra and Elizabeth Gilbert. I wrote about all of them in my book, not knowing that I would be on a speaking tour with them. And then they all endorsed my book. Wow. So the way that things happen, I'm telling you, the universe But you're is destined. Do you see that? It doesn't happen on purpose. I mean, it happens on purpose. You're destined. Everything is happening for a reason for you. Uh, you know, I, I, I believe that as well. But I've also had to work so hard that I think it's like this combination. Like we're co-creators, right? Like you've got this kind of universal cool things that are set up for you. But you have to be willing to put in the work and, and, and do it. Co-creators. So. Co-creators. We're co-creators of yeah. our lives. Yeah. So she, um, my takeaway is when someone says, do you want to meet someone? I'm just going to say Oprah. And if they say, do you want to meet someone <laughs> yeah, exactly. else? Yeah. You just got to put it out there. I just, you got to go as big as you can go. Oprah, if you're watching, I want to meet you. Yes. yes. And you will. You will. I will. All right. I got chills just now. <laughs> do you think growing up, because I think about your attitude and your approach, I would think that you've, you've been this way all your life. Um, uh, I don't know if that's true, but I, I don't, it feels as if. It, you've been born with this. Uh, I remember listening to a story um, about your mother um, when you were in the hospital, and I guess there were doctors on the outside of the room debating on whether or not they should go in and tell your parents the worst news possible, that you weren't going to make it. Your mother, you know, she had an approach, and it was about negativity. She didn't want anyone in. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, she, she, she had a sign on the wall that basically said, you know, leave your worries outside because, you know, they're not welcome here. <laughs> yeah. um, because part of it, too, was I was so I was so on the edge of death. I mean, I was flatlining and my heart rate was going up and my blood pressure was crashing. It was like they were sitting on the edge of their seats for, you know, days and days and days. And my mom thought even the slightest negative energy is going to make me crash. And so she just wouldn't allow it in the room. So, yeah. Think about that, though. Negative yeah. energy. Do you go out of your way to surround yourself around positive people? Because negative energy is contagious. Yeah. You know, I, it is. And um, and you can't avoid it. I'll tell you what. I try to surround myself with positive people, but, I mean, there's certainly going to be times that you can't control somebody, how somebody treats you, how they talk to you, what they say about you. Um, I mean, even, you know, once again, social media, there's, no, you know, trolls and bullies and yeah. people say mean things every day. So yeah. you can't really control how other people you know, are going to be or who you surround yourself with all the time. But um, I definitely try to, I, I, I just try to handle it the best that I can, right? And also definitely surround myself with positive, like-minded people. I want to I be around people who are productive, who are, who are making, like, big change. Um, yeah, who are part of, like, the good in the world yeah. and putting active effort into that. That's who I want to surround with myself with. that energy, give it to me. Yeah. I'm with it. I wish you the best of luck. You don't need it, but you're an amazing yeah. person. And I think everyone who is listening today needs to go do something. Like... <laughs> I mean, you know do it's something okay. in your day. It's not okay. I, we have to go out and work today because you're you're like do everything. Yeah, I mean, do something that inspires you. Yes, and, and you'll inspire inspired. others to do the same. Uh, Amy Purdy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much. For being here. Thank you.
Best-selling author, New York Times best-selling author. Let me put that in there. She was one of the finalists on Dancing with the Stars. She's been on Amazing Race. She's created an entire um, support group, if you will, for athletes with with that are adaptive sports. And and she's not stopping. It's it's insane. I mean, really insane in a, a great way. Uh, I am inspired by one Amy Purdy. And again, I like to give a big shout out to ESPNW for making this possible. And of course, Toyota. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Be Honest. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.